Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The Volume. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by AT&T Fiber. And we just want to say, we know there's nothing better in the world than getting a great deal. Like getting upgraded to a better seat on a long flight. Or getting a free dessert when you're a restaurant regular. Even that free latte you get when you fill up your punch card, a deal just makes it taste better. And now, as an AT&T Wireless customer, you can get an exclusive deal on super-fast internet from AT&T Fiber. You'll get faster upload speeds and a great deal with AT&T Fiber. That means smooth gaming, reliable video calls, and a quality work-from-home experience. It might not be as tasty as a free donut with your coffee, but it is pretty sweet. You can learn more at att.com slash fiberoffer. Limited availability in select areas. Restrictions apply. The J-Boy Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet all the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's many reasons why I like using it. I mean, betting on the NFL, they're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, but I love the fast payouts. I'm huge on that, and you get it as quick as two hours. That's tough to find and even harder to beat. Uh, and, you know... The convenience of it, you know, that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of games, whether it's live betting, whether it's betting before the games, you know, the spread, or you're taking the overs, the unders. They make it unbelievably easy to use. And the boosts, the odds, the specials that they run uh, are unbelievable. You get risk-free bets and same-game parlays. You get enhanced odd markets and a ton more. It's just a win-win for everybody. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now and sign up with the promo code JBOY. That's J-B-O-Y. Let them know that I sent you. 21 and older and present in Arizona. Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having an unbelievable holiday, getting you ready for the best weekend of the year. It is Rivalry Weekend. Got a great show for you pre-recorded. We hit our keys to victory for the three biggest games, Auburn, Alabama, and the Iron Bowl, Ohio State, Michigan in the game, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Bedlam, a game with a bunch of uh, consequences either way, just like the Michigan-Ohio State game. John Parker Wilson, former Alabama quarterback, is going to join us, as well as Bo Nix, Auburn quarterback is going to preview the Iron Bowl. Uh, that's can't miss. And then David Cohn, former Michigan quarterback, and I debate what is the best rivalry in college football between the Iron Bowl and the game. Appreciate you guys. Again, like I said, I hope you're having an unbelievable holiday week. 
get ready for some great football. Make sure you subscribe to the volume and the J-Boy Show on the Volume YouTube channel. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Talk soon and enjoy the episode. Enjoy your turkey and enjoy your football watching. Hey, everybody. Know it's weird. Us not having a live show seems like we've done one almost every day uh, since I don't know when, but we appreciate you guys joining us today. I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving holiday week whenever you're uh, list- watching this, listening, whenever. Uh, but we appreciate you guys. We weren't going to let a week go by, though, with some of these matchups without going over our keys to victory. One day we'll have like a car dealership sponsor. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like, this is the Ford keys to victory. Remember I said that, or the Kia keys to victory, whatever. Uh, but no, the first game I want to look at, and there's a lot of rivalries this weekend, uh, but I want to look at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And let's start with Oklahoma. And to me, it's a pretty simple formula when you're taking on Oklahoma State. We know Oklahoma State isn't flashy offensively. They're, they're not going to be writing books uh, or philosophy, uh, philosophy tablets on the explosivity of the Oklahoma State offense in 2021. It starts with stopping the run. And if you stop the run, you put Oklahoma State behind the eight ball significantly. Not only that, if you get up on them and stop the run, you put them in a hole, in my opinion, when you get to 10, 14, and, and I know they've made big plays on defense at, at certain times, but eventually that runs out, they have uh, they struggle to score. The games, in, and I know they've only had one loss, but the games that have been tight, and most of them, even going back to the beginning of the year, have been pretty tight with Oklahoma State, it's because teams have taken the run away. So if Oklahoma is able to take the run away, we know they can get cooking on offense. And Oklahoma State has a good defense. This isn't your old school Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, we're going to throw it around and score 50 points and give up 35, whatever, whatever. It's almost on the opposite coin. Oklahoma State defensively has been pretty sound. Uh, but if they're not able to score, Oklahoma offensively has enough weapons uh, over the course of four quarters to be able to score enough to win. So you got to stop the run. That's where it starts. If you're Oklahoma, and again, you got to play good complementary football, probably the phrase we've used the most, especially this season when we're trying to find teams uh, that can find consistency per se. But but this isn't a, a super complex formula if you're Oklahoma and trying, a fi- trying to find a way to edge out Oklahoma State. You stop the run and you build it from there. You play decent enough on offense. You have a shot to win the game and a pretty good one. Now, on the other hand, if I'm Oklahoma State, And every team that plays Oklahoma, to me, this is what you have to do, especially with a young quarterback with not as many weapons as a Bryce Young around him, not as many weapons as a a C.J. Stroud around him. You have got to make Caleb Williams beat you as a thrower. That's what you've got to do. To me, you pressure him. You, and you, but the one thing with pressuring a quarterback like Caleb Williams is you've got to keep contain and you've got to peel for the back. I mean, you watched Auburn against South Carolina. Great example. All right, we're going to blitz. You have peel rules. Well, what are peel rules? Let's win the water cooler here for a second. It's when we're blitzing, we're bringing enough people, somebody's got to be able to cover the back if he flares out. If they say, oh, it's blitz, here he goes. He's not staying in a protection, and they flare him out. Typically, it's the end guy that you're bringing on the blitz. So the widest guy on each side knows if the back is going out, I have got to immediately exit my blitz, and I've got to go cover him. You can't make mistakes like that when you're heating up Caleb Williams, and you can't make the mistake of letting him break contain on a blitz. Those are the two ways he can kill you. But if you make him beat you throwing, if you're able to mix your pressures and you keep him in the pocket, not that Caleb Williams isn't a good thrower or doesn't have a chance to be an elite thrower, but right now it's the best way to to, to try and beat him because he's still in that point where he thinks he can make every throw. He's still in that frame of mind where he – 
believes that even if it's in the coverage or it may not be the best decision, he's good enough to get it there. It's called being a young guy. Sometimes yeah. you got to know when to say uncle. He doesn't know when to say uncle mm-hmm. yet. So if you're Oklahoma State, you can't let him run around and extend the play outside the pocket. You can't let him sit there and beat you with Q power and all that. But, but if you make him throw to beat you, eventually he will put the ball in harm's way. And you've seen this Oklahoma team, if they turn the ball over more than once, they're probably not winning the game. So when I look at Oklahoma State and you're going against and you look at Caleb Williams and you're like, man, this guy is unbelievably elusive. He can extend the play and make crazy plays. He's taking the ball out of guys' hands on fourth down to, to win the game. Make him beat you the old-fashioned way. Yep. Make him beat you from sitting in the pocket, going through his progressions, taking the check down, having to make the right decision. Don't let him get and, – and, excuse me, let him get greedy. Let him get greedy. Let him walk into his own trap. And I think Oklahoma State's good enough defensively to do that, and I think that's what they're going to do. You saw Iowa State try and do it a little bit, but it started falling apart there in the second half because that was the defensive game most of the game. And Oklahoma had scored seven points and turned the ball over. So it's, it's not a complex formula with either one of these teams. What say you? I think this game is going to be a, a line of scrimmage game. Yeah. Surprisingly, but both these teams want to do what? They want to run the football, right? I, have a, I believe Oklahoma State's averaging 194 on yeah. the ground, which is good, only about 215 through the air. Both, the team, both these teams want to run the football, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to see who's more physical. It's going to be crazy to see. It's a Big 12 football game, but it's going to come down to a line of scrimmage game. All right, And the same thing, you can't let Caleb Williams get out of the pocket. Ma- make him dink and dunk you down the field and beat you because you haven't seen it yet, especially with Oklahoma without a running game. But Oklahoma's defense in this game is, is the big factor to me. They're extremely good. right? Oklahoma's up, defense? Oklahoma State's defense. That's oh, okay. Oklahoma yeah, State's defense. They're giving a 15 points a game. This is a, it's a, they're a defensive they're team. They're winning the line of scrimmage in mostly every game they played in. And if you beat Oklahoma, you know the recipe to beat Oklahoma, you got to win at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. yeah. Watching Caleb Williams play has kind of reminded me of Bo Nix at times, right? Peaks, ah, I like that comp. Peaks and yeah. valleys, right? Seen him play good enough to be in the Heisman conversation after two or three games, that's unbelievable. Seen him play low enough against a pulled. Baylor team <laughs> to get replaced yeah. by Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Which which one will show up? And it won't be, him, it won't be which one of him shows up. It will be... Which, you know, which one can Oklahoma State manifest out of him? Are they yeah. going to be able to frustrate him to be able, as a young guy, to just make those mistakes like you talked about? And if they're able to do that, they can beat Oklahoma. I, I agree. We always talk about there's three to five plays, right, that determine a game. That's going to be so true in this game. Oh, yeah. There may be two or three explosive plays, and yeah. you always got to look back to special teams. Yep. Who can make the big play on special teams? It's the phase that nobody talks about, and it's a third of the game. It's 33% of the game. And these line of scrimmage yep. games, these tight games that are contested where there's not a lot of margin for error, Field position. that's where you see the difference there. Field position, block punt, stuff like that. But I want to move on to the Iron Bowl. Ooh. Big one. No Bo Nix. Auburn's missing their kicker. Kobe Hudson, we'll see if he's going to play coming off a concussion. And I'm going to start with Auburn. You've got to hit some explosive plays. You're going to have to score to stay in this game. The defense is not going to be able to stifle Alabama, in my opinion, for four quarters. Auburn has not hit explosive plays, whether it's been through the run, whether it's been through the air. They've been having to go on these monotonous 8 to 10 to 12 play drives. Auburn just does not hit explosive plays. They hit some against Mississippi State in the first half. You saw when they were pushing the ball down the field. And you have got to try and stretch Alabama vertically with T.J. Finley. You have to. It's the only way because Auburn has to be as balanced as possible to be as effective as possible. Most offenses don't that are operating 
operating at a high caliber. You see the split at about 60-40. But at the end of the day, you know what they have to go to to move the ball. Auburn's not like that. Auburn has to have the full menu open because they don't have elite players at the skill positions. But you have got to take shots, especially early against Alabama, to let them know that you're not afraid to go over the top. Whether you hit them or not, you may run into one with Demetrius Robertson or Shedrick Jackson or Kobe Hudson if he plays, but you cannot let Alabama start creeping up to the box and play a game of, we're going to take away Tank and see what else you have. Because Auburn... And, and Mike Bobo has called it this way. How many vertical shots really has Auburn taken throughout the year? Not a ton. Mm-hmm. And the, some that they've taken, they've hit. Go back to Demetrius Robertson against Arkansas. You look at Kobe Hudson, that they've hit some of them. But against this Alabama team, you're not going to win this game 17-14. to 14. You're going to have to find a way to hit explosive plays and steal a couple touchdowns. This this can't be a down set hut, run it on first down at second and eight. T.J. Finley throws a three-yard out to a tight end. It's third and five. Oh, here comes Alabama pinning their ears back. Or Alabama knows it's a pass due to tendency. They're going to run two-man and make T.J. Finley have to make miraculous throws like Zach Calzada did for four quarters. You're not going to be able to beat them the old-fashioned way. You're going to have to hit explosive plays. How you do that, vertical passing game, reverses, uh, stalking goes, uh, skinny wheels, picks, whatever it takes, you're going to have to find a way to do that. Because if you don't, you will end up losing by about the spread. You'll lose by three touchdowns. Because this, And again, the red zone. The red zone. You get down there, Auburn's fortunate enough to get down there, you're going to have to score touchdowns. You're going to have to. And that's just that's the truth with Auburn. How can you get to explosive plays? Because if not, you're gonna get you're gonna get blown out of the gym. You're gonna get ran out of the gym. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's just the truth. And then you look on the Alabama side. Alabama's got to stay the course and not try and do too much. And Bryce Young has done a good job of not being too up for games, too down for games, trying to play to a level of competition. We've seen how inconsistent Alabama's been on both sides of the ball. And Auburn's gonna need some help in this game. Yep. They're gonna need one side of the ball for Alabama. To, to not show up as they normally have. Whether that's offense, whether it's the defense, you pick one of them, Auburn needs that. If this is the game where Alabama finds consistency in all three phases, they're going to win. And it's not going to be that close because they have the capability to dominate the line of scrimmage. But what Alabama can't do is what they did two years ago when they came to Jordan-Hare. Trying to do too much. When you get down to the two, running a play action and yeah. trying to hit Najee on the, on the, uh, uh, on the uh, out. I mean, at the end of the day, or the arrow route, whatever. At the end of the day, Alabama really just has to show up and do what they've done. Hand the ball to Brian Robinson, play action game. Auburn's pass rush has been non-existent. And if Derek Mason rushes three against Bryce Young, it's going to be a bloodletting. So I expect Derek Mason to bring pressure at Bryce Young. I expect him to bring pressure. Whether it's second seven, whether it's third and nine. Now the question is, if you're Alabama... Are you going to be smart enough to just take what Auburn gives you? And I think Bill O'Brien will. I think he'll tell Bryce Young to. But if you're Alabama and you try and do too much and you and you want to come in and say, you know what, we're just going to try and pound it in them the whole game or we're going to throw the ball 55 times, I think you're setting yourself up to keep Auburn in the game if one side of the ball is not hitting at a rate that we've seen the whole season. So if inconsistent Bama shows up and gives Auburn a chance mm-hmm. and they try and do too much or do something outside of themselves because it's the Iron Bowl or try and do something outside of themselves because Ohio State looked really good last week and you know yeah Arkansas hung around you'll see mistakes being forced they just have to stay the course which sometimes even under the process 
is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, I mean, if you're Auburn, you have to get to Bryce because the precedent has been set. Other teams have gotten to him, and they've gotten to him with four-man stunt pressures without really blitzing five or six. You have to get to him, maybe have a strip sack or a turnover or two from him. And on the other side of that, if you're Alabama, you have to protect him or dial up quick game where he can get the ball out of his hands. This is what I've been saying every week. They need to figure out ways for him to be able to get the ball out of his hands quicker. And if you're the Alabama defense, you have to stay gap sound on defense. This is what we've been wanting to see from them all season. Don't let Tank in the Auburn run game even get started. If you can get up by 14, yeah. all of a sudden you're making T.J. Finley come from behind and beat you. That's a good to, good position to be in if yeah. you're Alabama. Well, if Auburn if Auburn lives in third and seven, yeah. they've got no shot. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now. Now, got like the first down play call, you got to find a way to get five on yeah, first. That's what I was kind of thinking for Auburn, right? The first thing I do is stretch the field. You have Even to. if you have to come out and pitch backwards and you have to throw to, to throw to open up the run because they know what you want to do and they know you want to run with Tank. And, and they know Tank's early. pissed off because you know didn't give him the ball they last know week. You, <laughs> you want to run them early downs. They know when it's third and five or third and six. Shivers is coming in. You're probably going to pitch it out to the back. So why not stretch the field early? And you have to be in your bag of tricks the entire game. If you want to win this game, whatever little plays you have saved in that little yeah. that little book that you have. <laughs> your green notebook. Whether special teams or offense, it has to come out because you can't go to the red zone versus Alabama and get three points. You can't. You can't. Against this against Alabama, you can't. And if you're Alabama, just be well, exactly what you said, just be yourself. Just don't do, do what, too much. Do what you do. And if you're Auburn, you have to attempt to find a pass rush because if Auburn can get there with four, I'll be more surprised than I've ever been surprised yeah. this entire year because I don't think they no, can. We, we've talked about Alabama struggles up front, but Auburn isn't exactly dominating not, on the line of scrimmage not even from a pass close. rush They can barely, barely get to the quarterback of South Carolina. So if it's me, Bama, just be yourself. And Auburn, you have to come out and pitch backwards and stretch the field and if, early and throw to open up the run. And if they can't get to him, it's going to look a lot like Jalen Waddell did in the Iron Bowl and, yep. and Jordan Hare uh, with Jamison Williams because he will absolutely torch you and then oh by the way they got Mechie so you know again it's going to come down like we always talk about to the pass rush but you know it's it's pretty simple formula there as well but all right Cone here we go let's move to the game let's do it Ohio State going to Michigan big game here huge game consequences yeah. implications Michigan keys to victory David Cone you want to start with Michigan yours. yes okay first of all every Michigan player should be given a little swag bag Okay, and inside that swag bag, it should be complete with, say, rosary beads, travel Bible, stars of David, maybe a little Brutus uh, voodoo doll. You okay. can stick with pins, okay. you know, because <laughs> you need all the help you can get. But no, on a more serious front, I have five keys right here, Jake, and I want to hear what you think. Okay, from a coaching standpoint. All right, first of all, it goes without saying, but you need to play sound football. Yep. Because when you're not the better team with better personnel and better matchups, there's no room for error. Okay, if both teams make mistakes, Ohio's going to win. And obviously, if you make mistakes and Ohio doesn't, you're certainly going to lose. You need to make them make mistakes while you play sound football. Create turnovers without turning the football over. Have penalties on the other side without you committing penalties. Okay. Second, like we just talked about with Auburn and what what Brandon Graham told us yesterday, which I completely agree with, get pressure with four. You have two of the best defensive ends, if you're Michigan, in the country. Make sure you get to a young Ohio State quarterback. We're finally matching up with one of their younger quarterbacks. This isn't a fifth-year JT Barrett, <laughs> right? A third-year Terrell Pryor. All yeah. these guys we had to face. Get pressure with four, because if you need to send five or six to get pressure, and you're playing man defense behind oh, them, you down. will get Dwayne Haskins okay? Yeah. And they will put up 60 three points at your house all right get pressure with four and get there a lot all right now tds 
not field goals. We've been settling for way too many field goals. All right. I, I think we're going to need several 10 plus play drives in this game. But even if they're two or three play drives and you're able to hit some big plays against this defense, however you're able to score, it must be touchdowns and not field goals, Mm -hmm. right? And then here's one that I want your opinion on. It's not my last one, but you need multiple game plans, okay? This is a little bit riskier, and I want you to tell me from a coaching standpoint, but I think you need to have multiple game plans. You need to go in there, get on them early, right? Okay, like we were saying, play man sometimes, play zone sometimes, keep things in front, same thing on offense. Go for this, go for that, have trick play here or there. Okay, multiple game plans, and if you're up at halftime, whatever has worked in the first half, adjust before they can adjust. If you find yourself up at halftime like you were against Alabama in the bowl game two years ago, go ahead and switch before they get a chance to adjust because this is what they've shown the last few years, right? They can always adjust with their Mm -hmm. coaching staff at halftime, all right, to whatever we've done, even if it's worked well in the first half. And the last one is the Michigan coaching staff needs to be the difference and not the reason. Ooh, I like that. Am I wrong? They need to be the difference Michigan wins and not Not the the reason reason they they lose. lose. You tell me what you think. No, dude, I thought you knocked on the head. I've I've got a phrase for you for Michigan. Long drives help you survive. Yep. That goes both ways. Mm -hmm. If if Ohio State's going to score, you make them go nine plays. Mm -hmm. You can't get hit. It can't be a hit and run. Can't be a hit and run where they're out there, like you said, taking advantage of picking up the blitz, which C.J. Stroud has made a killing of this season. You've got to make them drive. Now, on your side, time of possession is huge in a game like this. Michigan's goal, get to the fourth quarter with a chance. That's all you can ask. Yes. Get to the fourth quarter with a chance. With all the history in the past of the losing in Harbaugh and Ohio State, get your ass to the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game. Yes. And you do that. And, again, look, it's not bad if you hit a 70-yard touchdown play. I'm not saying that. But you being able to run the ball, to establish command up front, to even split time of possession, that keeps C.J. Stroud on the bench. It's hard for them to score if Olave and all them are sitting over there uh, by the Gatorade uh, uh, cooler. So at the end of the day, if you can have long drives on both sides, you can give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter, which means you give yourself a chance late, which is all you can ask for. So I don't think you got to go out there and do anything crazy outside of yourself other than keep everything in front of you and frustrate them. What do explosive offenses, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, regardless, what do they hate? What do they hate? Being held down. And the longer you hold them down, it's like a volcano. It, get, it wants to erupt more and more and more and more and more until it gets to a certain point where it can't hold it in anymore, and that's when the mistake happens. And if you're Michigan, to me, you got to make the volcano bubble. You got to yes. have long drives to survive. Yes. But with but with uh Ohio State, in my opinion, the exact opposite. You need a fast start. They believe. Michigan believes this year. The fan base believes, the players believe. You can tell something's a little bit different in the air. You do have a young quarterback at Ohio State. They haven't been as consistent as they normally had, and you're going to the big house. It's going to be nuts. There's going to be so much pregame stuff. Everybody's going to be talking about it. You need to take away the belief early. You took away Michigan State's belief awfully early last week, and I know it was at home. But you need to remind Michigan who has dominated this rivalry. You need to remind Michigan who is the bully in the yard. And you do that by showing up. If I'm Ryan Day and we win the toss, give me the damn ball. Mm -hmm. Give me the ball. I want to go score. 
Because if you let them hang around and hang around, that belief's going to build and it's going to build and it's going to build and it's going to build. And your margin for error is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller as that clock goes. But if you come out and you hit them in the throat early, you punch them in the face early, you go down there and put seven on the board, get a stop and go up 14 to nothing. People start looking around and what do they start saying? Oh, it's the same old thing. All of a sudden the chirping about Harbaugh comes back halfway mm-hmm. through the second quarter. Everybody's feeling bad. There's no way we can come back and that's when Ryan Day and them bury you. It's Iron Bowl week. Uh, who better? Uh, you know, we've got Bo Nix coming on later in the week. Why not bring an Alabama quarterback in here? A really good one. Uh, John Parker Wilson. You can catch him now with, with Eli Gold. Uh, does an unbelievable job. But uh, JPW, before we get started, I just do want to send uh, my condolences and, and prayers to Cecil Hurt and his family and, and the Alabama family. Uh, guy, you know, uh, obviously unbelievable at his job and, and sorry to hear about his passing. Yeah, you know, very sad news. But the the the, I think you've seen the, for the Twitter and the different outreach people reaching out. I mean, he was a special guy. I remember mm-hmm. he covered me when I was playing. Um, you know, grew up reading him and and following him. And he was he was such a special person. Loved seeing him in the press box. And even when I was playing, I mean, he was one of those guys that was just an infectious person. And you know, he's going to be greatly missed. Yeah, and you know uh, the irony of it being Iron Bowl week—a guy that covered the Iron Bowl and and was a big part of it—and you know it's uh, again, like I said, prayers and condolences go out to his family. But uh, we got a game to play, JPW, and you looking at this matchup. You know Auburn on a downward slide. You know you lose Bo Nix, had a couple other injuries. When you look at this game from a thirty thousand foot view, just kind of your thoughts on it. You know, I, I think it's the Iron Bowl. It's a big week. It's a big game, and I, I've. I've uh, been following a lot of players and the, and the media, um, media availability for these guys. And I love seeing that even guys from out of town, out of state, realize how important this game is. Uh, it's a big deal. And, and, you know, you can always say, oh, rivalry games, you can throw the record book out. Um, and I think this is the case this year. You know, got first-year head coach Auburn. He's figuring out how much this mean, this game means around the state. Uh, new quarterback come in, T.J. Finley. So you can kind of do things that you, you maybe wouldn't typically do with your starter, kind of – play around tinker a little bit um and it's at Auburn so I think it's a big deal it's an extremely tough place to play and you know Alabama's trying to get ready for Georgia in the SEC championship but Auburn would love nothing more to wreck wreck Alabama's season right now and put them away you know and we always release our keys to victory we're going to be releasing them uh, later in the week as well but you know looking at Auburn I want to go over one for each and get your thoughts on it you know, looking at Auburn, you've got to find a way to get explosive plays. You know, you look at that offense, uh, how many, you know, 60-yard touchdown runs have you seen? How many big explosive plays over 40, 50 yards have you seen? You're not going to be able to just, you know, try and three yards in a cloud of dust Alabama and expect, you know, for this to be a 17-14 game. Am I barking up the right tree from the Auburn side there? No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, when teams have, you know, A&M, a lot of explosive plays, LSU was able to keep it close. You, it's really hard to go um, sustain those drives against this mm-hmm. defense. Now, when they do get the explosive plays, it's kind of been when Alabama's been confused in the secondary, and we've seen some guys run free. Um, you know, Arkansas was able to do it and be pretty productive in that. So I think it is a way to do it. And, and also, with the way Alabama offense is moving, um, the other team offense has to be aware of that and put up points because right now Bryce Young's got to click it on offense and mm-hmm. I think they're going to expect to score some points. So if I'm Auburn, you got to hit those explosive plays and try to get some points on the board, especially early. You don't want to, you, you can't play catch up with this offense right now that Alabama's got on the field. 
Uh, without a doubt. And, you know, I talked to Bryce every week. We were talking Monday night, and, and I talked with him about it. It seems to me like the past three, four weeks – the, the timing in your head of when to take off is really starting to add up, and he's starting to become a lot more effective as a runner while protecting himself. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, just game reps. I'm getting used to it, understanding, you know. And he made a good point. He's like, when I take off all the time, it's not because the protection's not good. He's like, everybody thinks that, oh, I took off and scrambled. Yeah. That, that must mean I had pressure. He's like, no, I'm seeing guys' backs turned, and I'm taking off and going, which to me as a defensive guy is scary as hell, JPW, because the way he can extend the play, and if you're Alabama coming into this game uh, you really have to stay the course uh, to me trying to do too much would be your own downfall here you've just got to continue to operate the way that you've operated and try and put a consistent full game together which I mean I don't know if we've seen outside of maybe Ole Miss yeah you're exactly right it's it's been flashes at different parts of the offense um you know one week we'll be running the ball LSU we couldn't run the ball at all I think they offense had pretty good um, you know, complete game for them with, with Brian Robinson going over 100 yards rushing, two receivers over 100 yards. But I think you're exactly right. I think we're seeing Bryce, um, his maturation of a quarterback and just his first year starting, um, you know, he was really efficient early. I think he got the deep ball going uh, middle of the season, and now he's putting the running game on there. And you're right. It's not – he's not pulling it down because he has to. He's seeing what the defense is doing and saying, hey, this is a really good opportunity for me to run the ball. Or they get it covered downfield. You see protection really increase from Alabama. So I think Bryce has got it got it clicking right now. And, and his, his understanding what's going on and his timing is good. His knowledge of the game has is, is gotten so much better. And to me, he, he's, he's a dramatically better quarterback than he was the first game. And that's, that's saying something because he started out pretty hot. Definitely, and I'm very interested to see, too, you know, kind of Alabama, they want to be balanced. You know, B.O.B. wants to be as balanced as possible. But I feel like Bryce Young and them are going to take a few shots early. I would not be shocked. Uh, and something me and you were talking about before you got on here, uh, John Parker, is Alabama coming out and, and trying to take away the faith early? Because just like we talk about Ohio State going to Michigan, they believe in Michigan that they can win this game. Regardless of what the records are in the Iron Bowl, Auburn playing at home believes they can win this game, and we've seen crazy stuff happen. How big is it for Alabama to come out in that first quarter and a half in that first half and try and implement their will and, and show, hey, we're the dominant team just like everybody thought we were? Yeah, and try to dominate Auburn. I think that's what Alabama wants to, wants to be able to do going into the Georgia game. Auburn's a tough place to play, like we said. And, you know, if you can get out on a lead, if you're a road team and you get on the lead, you feel it in the stadium. You could feel, you know, the grumblings in the, in the, in the crowd good or bad. If Auburn gets out to a lead or, or, or is competitive, you know, they're going to feel a lot of emotion. So I think right now, Alabama, you, you let Jameson Williams go. This guy's got so much speed cool. and has been a major explosive player. So if you can get him going early and you hit, hit a deep ball early, that's going to soften up the defense and make it so much easier on the run game. So I think I, I think getting him going and, and even Mechie, he's been an explosive player too, makes the whole offense better because then we can start working in our tight ends. We can start running the running backs and, and it's really um, a, a big explosive advantage that Alabama has right now. No doubt. And, and uh, John Parker, I do got to ask you my last question uh, before my last question. I got two more uh, grade. Brian Harson year one. What, what grade would you give him? Uh, I think Brian Harson's done really well so far. And um, Auburn sitting right now at six and five. I think he's got the program going in the right direction. I mean, I like what they're doing offensively, and um, and and what 
Hey, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring in the screen, bring in the screen. No, we're not live. Are we live right now? Yeah, no, you're good. Say what's up, dude. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Hey, you can join Boy, us for the rest of the back. interview. They can they can join. It's Iron Bowl week, man. It's Thanksgiving week. They can it, join it, us for the rest of the interview. It's Iron Bowl. It's Thanksgiving. But I think Brian Harson's done, done good. I think, um, I mean, I like where Auburn's program's at right now. If I'm an Auburn fan, they, they've, they've, they've definitely, um, I think, not turned things around, but really accelerated what, what Malzahn had going. Yeah. No, no doubt. And it's going to be interesting, too, to, to see it as it goes in his first recruiting class and getting personnel in there. But, John Parker, man, I always appreciate you coming, appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, Sorry, guys. Tell those, no, man, tell those, tell those uh, boys we said hello. And I know they're gonna, there's going to be some good eating going on in the Wilson household this week. Looking at this Iron Bowl, and I know you're hurt, but we're not going to be able to play, and, and you're as competitive as anybody. What does this game mean to you? I mean, you're a guy that grew up in an Auburn family, an Auburn legacy. I mean, there's pictures of you, you know, in the stands. Uh, in Iron Bowl's previous, what does this game mean to you? Well, it, um, just as an Auburn fan, it means a lot. Um, and just from an Auburn player that's played in it, um, uh, graduated from Auburn, it means a lot. This game is um, obviously everything and, and, and why you come to Auburn. Um, it's just those the little things and rivalries that, that make the biggest difference. And, and every year, no matter just the um, record of each team, it's always a good good football game and that's what you can expect this week um you can throw like records to the side um standings to the side and it's just going to be a, a, a good football game um that's what you can expect and that's what this game is always provided for for the fans and so it's going to be a good hard-fought game um a lot of effort from both sides a lot of good plays from both sides and um just it's a fun game to be in it'll be a fun atmosphere on saturday you know, Bo, when you look at this Alabama defense, I know you're you're a fan of the game, you're a student of the game as well. I know you've been able to watch Alabama all year. What are a few things that stand out to you about this Alabama defense? Uh, just obviously their their front seven um, is is really good, and then they got some a lot of veterans in the back end. And um, what what's Alabama? They've always done a good job on defense, is getting getting a hat on a hat and making sure they cover up all the guys. And um, mm-hmm. there's very few like easy give me throws um that they allow and that just speaks to them as a defense speaks to their communication and um athleticism how they can get on guys and cover them and um make sure they eliminate those easy passes and then the front seven just allows you to um just kind of do that in the secondary because they they don't give up many rush lanes and um they do a good job at the point of attack and so they're just a physical team and and can run um, and, and they're always, they're usually always in the right spot. And that, again, that goes back to just covering up everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, Bo, I know we've talked before and, and you talked about, you know, kind of letting TJ do his thing and he has experience, but he hadn't, doesn't have experience in this game. You, you've, you have experience in this game. Is there anything you're going to talk to him about this week? Cause again, uh, I know it's probably hard to explain from one player to another, even though he has experience and, and you do as well, but in this game, is there anything you can tell TJ other than to just go get him? Well, you can, I mean, you can tell him all, all he wants to hear and, and a lot of people will tell him what to expect, but you really can't, can't like imagine it, can't expect it until you actually experience it for the first time. And, um, he's been in big games. He's played in big games before, um, so it won't be necessarily anything shocking to him. Um, you know, he's been in stadiums where it's been loud and, and the atmosphere has been crazy, and he's played against good defenses. So I think that that just together, it will allow him to have what it takes to, to, to go out there and play a good game. And 
I may say a few things, may help him, encourage him, just stay, you know, stay in the game. It's a long game. Um, they're going to make good plays. You're going to make good plays. Let them cancel each other out. And you just make the next play and continue to make it over and over. Definitely, man. Well, Bo, uh, I appreciate your brother. Hope you heal soon. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have you back here in the next couple weeks and, and looking forward to the bowl season and the postseason as well, man. Stay, uh, Get healthier and, and stay healthy. I appreciate it. Let's talk some Iron Bowl here, Lance. I mean, you look at each one of these teams. Obviously, Auburn's been on a downward trajectory. Bo Nix is out. Got some other guys beat up. Really struggling to put four quarters together. Alabama, on the other hand, coming in. They haven't been as consistent as we've seen in the past, but the roster for Alabama is so much further ahead than Auburn's especially up front just you know overlooking the whole game what are what are kind of some quick thoughts from each side yeah I mean Alabama's offense playing at a high level you know if you would have told me Jake last week that you know Bryson was going to go a school record 559 and you're going to have the combination of Jamison Williams going almost 200 yards and three touchdowns and Mechie doing his thing for 173 and Brian Robinson you know going 125 almost on the ground I would have thought it would have been a 35 point game but Alabama, outside of Mississippi State, is yet to really play a full 60 minutes. So I, I think the roster's good. I think Alabama fans have spoiled themselves trying to compare this version to 2020, which you can make an argument with 2019 LSU and maybe 2018 Clemson, some of the best teams we've seen in the history of college football. So maybe unfair to Bama, but there's just something they're lacking. And, you know, you look at the secondary, they've given up big plays. The offensive line, if you're an Alabama fan, they've given up 17 sacks even with such a mobile, elusive Bryce Young over the last six games. So there's there's definitely flaws with this Alabama team. And as far as Auburn goes, you know, it's they, Alabama's lost three of four in Jordan-Hare, three of the last four. With Bo Nix quarterbacking, I think this game is so different. I just don't buy T.J. Finley in his second Auburn start, you know, pulling this kind of magic out. To me, and this is really cheesy, Jake, I brought this on the show, and I didn't even mean to do it, but I used the acronym <laughs> TNT turnovers and tank i think if tank has a monster game which he's capable of and they can the turn ball. the ball over which bryce young really hasn't done then i think they got an opportunity here yeah and, and look you know lance you've you've seen a bunch of iron bowls i have too you never really know in this matchup especially at jordan hare but just the bo nicks effect you know his ability to extend the play uh, as we saw against lsu we've seen throughout his whole career tj not as averse there and then tank you know if, if they'll give him the ball you look at the second half of the south carolina game and you just thought somebody threw an invisibility cloak on him uh the way that bobo wouldn't feed him but you know looking at brian harson lance in his first year and I always, you know, first year's got to be a pass. you got to give a guy time to get his personnel in there. But just watching the way that Auburn has operated, what are your thoughts on Brian Harson year one? Well, you know, when they made the hire, Jake, I, I, I applauded the hire for it being an out-of-the-box hire. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how good of a coach Brian Harson is because he took over what was an elite Group 5 program in Boise State, and he didn't do the job that Chris Peterson did. He did a pretty good job, not a great job. So I thought it was kind of a strange hire. But I like the fact that Auburn went outside of the box finally. And then when Auburn was sitting just less than a month ago at number 13, controlled their own destiny, I was like, hell, man, this might be your SEC coach of the year. But now back-to-back blown 14-point-plus leads, only the third time we've seen that over the last 15 years in this conference, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to think. You know, Bobo obviously is getting questioned. Derek Mason going back to Mississippi State and that complete meltdown and debacle against Will Rogers. He's being questioned right now. So I'm like you, man. Every coach I give a pass in year one, this is kind of what I expected from Auburn. I didn't expect them to lose to South Carolina in year one, 
but I expected six and six or seven and five. So this doesn't blow me away. You know, he'll get adjusted. You know, there's rumors out there that he might be looking elsewhere. I would be shocked if Brian Harson isn't back in 2022. But like you said, man, you got to give this guy a pass. And I think all in all, C plus, B minus job. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of pressure, a lot more pressure now on signing day for Auburn to make a mark after they've kind of fallen off a cliff. You know, you go eight and four, screw around and go nine and three, you can convince people on, you know, we're getting guys in here to get the fit and he can put on 20 pounds. You go six and six, you better be signing some guys with stars next to their name or people are going to be start asking a lot of questions uh, from the front to the back. But Lance, I do want to focus on this Alabama team and their ceiling this year as we kind of wind down. We're here with Lance Taylor from Next Round Live. Our buddies Jim Dunaway, Ryan Brown over there do a really good job. Lance, when you look at this Alabama team, and I know you have the Iron Bowl and they're not going to look past them, but we can look past. That's a great part about being in this profession. When you look at Alabama lining up with Georgia, to me, Alabama's going to have to, like you mentioned and we've mentioned on this show, put a full game together, something we haven't seen. And right now, I think that's the difference in Georgia and Alabama is that Georgia's been able to play complementary football with an elite roster. Alabama has yet to find that. What do you think about the Alabama-Georgia matchup looking at what we're going to get in Atlanta? Well, I think what's fascinating is you try to tell me an elite offense that Georgia has faced. You know, I don't think one's out there. You know, Tennessee's got a pretty good offense now with Hendon Hooker, Arkansas in spots. Uh, But this will be by far the best offense they've seen. And I know they haven't played any tight games. They basically skull drug every team they've played. But this Alabama team does have potential to hang with them. And I think a lot of this has to do with the Alabama brand. But people have asked me for the last couple of weeks, what will the number be in Atlanta for the SEC championship? And, you know, about two months ago, I said, I still think Alabama will be favored based on the brand. But based on the inconsistencies over the last few weeks, I said, Georgia is going to be your favorite. I don't know how much. And then we see Circa released it last week. Georgia was only a three and a half point favorite. I'll take it right now. (laughs) Everybody's going to be on Georgia. Alabama obviously is going to have motivation. They. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people 
roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like there is no margin of error at all. If they lose this game, they're more than likely out of the college football playoff. So I think it's going to be fascinating. It's an elite offense against an elite defense. What gives? I'm still not sure how good Georgia's offense is. I had a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, I can't name one skill guy on Georgia's team outside of Stetson Bennett. Um, So it is a fascinating, you know, in today's world of college football where everything's offense, Georgia's been dominant this year, but it's not like they've got a ton of first-rounders on that offense. So, you know, if Alabama's defense shows up like they did against Mississippi State, I think it'll be a hell of a game. Um, Right now it's hard not to lean Georgia because they've been so dominant. Um, But I'll be over there. Hopefully I'll see you over there. uh, Yeah, we'll be be here. All right, it's rivalry week, and and we have some representation up here. I know we're not going live today. Nobody freak out. We'll be back same time next week uh, starting on Monday. But we couldn't let the week go without giving our keys to victory, which we did. And now talking about which rivalry is the best rivalry. And there's only two to compare. You can take Florida State, Miami. Take that out. Y'all can talk about that in places that nobody really cares about. You can take your, you know, Egg Bowl's a good rivalry, but, you know, Caesar salad's a good salad. <laughs> We're talking Iron Bowl and Michigan versus Ohio State because I refuse to call it the game because it's not the game. It's the game against, between Ohio State and Michigan. And here's where I stand on it. Cone, we know, you're former Michigan quarterback, so you're obviously going to probably take a side of it. Me being from the state of Alabama. Don't make assumptions. Yeah, okay. big me, assumption for Me you. being from the state of Alabama happen to believe that the Iron Bowl is the better rivalry. There's more vitriol. There's also respect, but there's more vitriol, and it means more. You want to know why? Hmm. Because what are the if, – if you ever grew up with siblings, you know, it's one thing to have a rivalry with a guy that lives across the street. You know, that, that's one thing. See him all the time, go to the same school, hang out at the same places – but when you have a rivalry with a sibling that's in the same house, you got to see when you wake up in the morning. You got to see him when you go to sleep. You got to see him at the dinner table. You grow up and you go through things together. It matters more. The most brutal fights I've ever been in have been with my brother. Because it just means more when it's in the family, Cone. Not saying that Michigan, and, that's a lie. Not saying that Michigan. And Ohio State isn't isn't important, or that they don't like each other. But y'all live across the street from each other. The Iron Bowl, it's in the same house. And more than one team wins every now and then. That's another thing that makes it important. Auburn's been one of the few teams that's been able to go toe-to-toe with Bama. To me, that makes it an even better rivalry because it's competitive. I mean, Ohio State, 
has has to me it's like the part on Wayne's World where he's telling the story about <laughs> I think Ozzy Osbourne when he's like Ozzy came in the back and said if we didn't get him a bucket full of green M and M's he wasn't going on stage what? that night because I feel like Ohio State can walk in and be like give me the green M and M's or we're not playing last year last year. Played a little game of Duck Duck Goose, in my opinion. That would never happen in the Iron Bowl. But it's different when it's in the same house. It's different. It's different when you got to share a bathroom with them growing up. They're always there. They're always there. I can't close the blinds and it be done. Don't look at them. It's not keeping up with the Joneses. Y'all are the Joneses. You're a Jones and they're a Jones. And that's more important than Indiana Jones. Sorry, right, Cone, what do you think? Is that it? I, Are I you rest, ready? Because listen, when you kick it to me, I'm going in. You so go you in because I'm coming ready. right back. I'm coming back like Jordan. You, won't, need, you, you won't need I'm to. Saying, I'm just saying. It's not to play games with you. You won't need to. <laughs> Blaine's like, Blaine's like yeah. Wilder Balderrama on, what is it, like your mama? He's like, let's bully. I'm the guy. I'm just. I'm the Dana White between yeah, y'all and right UFC back. fights. What do you say, Cone? Y'all going to mix up a couple wins in this or what? Quite frankly, <laughs> quite frankly, Jake, I'm running out of reasons. Oh, okay, I'm running out of reasons. Oh no, <laughs> Dude, I've talked are, to dozens. Okay? I've talked to dozens of teammates this week, it's, as I always do every dark, year. This is taking a dark as I always do every year this week, and um, I'm going to break this down in three tiers for you. Okay, Listen, okay? I'm all ears. You ready bro. for Only this? Three. What do you say? I'm going to mute him. There we go. Past, present. And future. Are you going to Ebenezer Scrooge on me? Past, present, and future. Let's do it. Don't get muted again. All right. <laughs> I can't control it. <laughs> I stand by my statement from this summer that no one decade can determine the fate of rivalries that are 130 years old, right? And I think historically, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry has been more important in college football because of the postseason implications, specifically the Rose Bowl. And I think with the historical aspect, Michigan and Ohio have been more comparable in terms of their greatness in taking games off of each other. I can see that. Whereas historically, I think Auburn has played that underdog role, sort of been the silver to Alabama's gold for a long time, historically. The silver bullet to Alabama's werewolf. Fair enough. That was that, that rivalry, Michigan and Ohio, was really, really catapulted to the forefront of college football with Bowen Woody. The mm-hmm. 10-year war, mm-hmm. right? When you hear things like, I went for two because I couldn't go for three. <laughs> Pu- push, the bus, push the bus across the state line because we're not paying for gas in Michigan, right? Things yeah. like that. Makes it great. That deep hate. That ended in 1978, that 10-year war, Jake. Mm-hmm. That's a decade before you and I were born. Yeah. What happened two years later? Pat Dye shows up on campus at Auburn. Yeah. And you know what he said? He says, we know... They don't want to respect us at Alabama, but they're going to respect us. Mm. And for the last 40 years, they've been demanding that respect. And when this clip plays, I'm going to be sitting in a household full of Alabama fans, and they don't want to respect Auburn. But you know what they say? Even this week, even this week, three touchdown favorites, they're going to say, yeah, but it's at Jordan-Hare. You never know. That's respect. That's respect. Okay? Which gets me to the present, okay, which I consider to be, let's say, the last 10, 15 years. 15 years ago this week, I was a freshman, 18-year-old freshman on campus in Ann Arbor. One verse two, 
right? How cool is that? One verse two with postseason implications. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Coach Schimbeckler dies the day before the game. Passes on Friday. We go to Columbus, lose by three in the horseshoe. They win the Big Ten. They win the Heisman Trophy. They play in the national title. And what's happened since then? 15 of 16. And what happened right after that? A man by the name of Nick Saban takes the head coaching job at Alabama and creates the greatest dynasty our sport has ever seen. Better than Bear Bryant, better than all of them. And in the midst of that dynasty, recruiting the best players, every five-star in a 1,500-mile radius, what has Auburn done? Somehow they figure out a way every other year to beat them because that's what a great rivalry means. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Your record doesn't matter. Your ranking doesn't matter. Home field advantage doesn't matter. Personnel matters, but it can be overcome. Mm -hmm. All that matters, the most important thing, is who won last year because the loser has had to stew for 365, and they want their shot. That's what Auburn's done in the middle of the greatest dynasty that we've seen in college football. Well, I always tell all all my Alabama fan friends, I'm like, y'all understand it's never going to be better than this. Yeah. It's never going to be better than this. And in the midst of that, got two national title berths and won one of them. Mm -hmm. So as we sit here today, the Iron Bowl is the most important rivalry in college football. And we've already established that the most important rivalries in sports are college football rivalries. Yes. So the most important rivalry in sport heretofore right now is the Iron Bowl. That's the past. That's the present. Let me get you to the future. Put the camera on me real quick. Let's get to the future. Great job. If Michigan and Ohio want to reclaim that (laughs) throne, right, for the greatest rivalry... There's a few things that need to happen. One Michigan control, one they can't control. They need a hero. The first one is win. Beat That's the big one. Your rival. Yeah. Beat your rival. And then you're going to need Auburn to lose consistently, which you can't control. Let's just say Jim Harbaugh were able to figure out the Ohio problem, win the next four or five, five or six, get into a couple playoffs, and script. simultaneously, Coach Harson can't figure out the Nick Saban problem. Mm-hmm. Right, Nick Saban were able to win six, seven in a row to sunset into retirement. Then in five years, you and I are having a very different conversation because, like I said, no one decade can determine the fate of rivalries that are both 130-plus years old. Yeah. Right? Okay. So what better time to start? What better time to start than right now? As you sit in Ann Arbor at 10 and 1, and congratulations, let's give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Michigan is 10-1 and one with the boys from Ohio, also 10-1, and one, coming to your place with playoff and postseason implications, right? And on the other side of that, you have a down Auburn team with a first-year Auburn coach hosting a one-loss Alabama team who's already cemented their place in the conference championship. Mm-hmm. What better time to start than right now, Okay. Right now, because everything you want goes through Ohio, just like everything for Auburn goes through Alabama. Everything for Alabama goes through Auburn. Everything you want 
goes through Ohio. If you can't beat Ohio, you can't win the division. If you can't win the division, you can't win the conference. If you can't win the conference, you can't make the playoff. And if you can't make the playoff, you can't be national champion, which to me is still the standard. Gotta be. If that's changed and all the Michigan fan base wants to vote on good enough is good enough, then make sure you include me on the memo so I can get rid of my Michigan paraphernalia. Wow. Because it's not good enough. What better time to start? Because I'll tell you right now, I've seen rerun after rerun Mm -hmm. after rerun with the same characters, the same plot lines, and I'm about Marvel sequeled out. (laughs) You know what I need to see this weekend? You know what I want to see this weekend, Jay? I want to see some Quentin Tarantino freshness. (laughs) I need Jim Harbaugh this weekend to go full Tarantino and give us some freshness. Wow. Harbaugh going Tarantino. I love it. Get busy beating your rival, or you just pull a Notre Dame and say we're not going to play it anymore. Mm. Good. Top that, Blaine. Oh, well, I mean, if Go anything, ahead. What do you yeah, got? If anything, I'm agreeing with y'all. It's just, Kevin, I, feel like, out of the park. I feel like we're talking relevancy really for the best rivalry game. The best, I think, relevancy to a certain extent matters, right? And I think in-state is huge, right? Like, you can go to Walmart. Right, and what? There's Auburn and Alabama gear right next to each other. So, like, you walk outside, like, it's your best friends. That's So that's one thing that I'm still not fully convinced. Y'all tell me, I'm still not fully convinced that the in-state portion of this is more vitriolic than across state. Because, well, let me just say this real quick. I mean, at the end of the day, Auburn and Alabama hate each other, but you're still Alabamians, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas when you draw a borderline between two states or two people or two whatever, there really is no ceiling for that level of hate. But I can see the other side of it being argued, and it really was not that important for the point I wanted to make, even though I'm still not fully convinced that that necessarily is the deciding factor. I honestly think what we talked about before, the postseason implications, because like you said before, that's what has made this last decade so much fun to watch on the Auburn standpoint. I think the winner of that game has played in like eight yeah. national, has represented eight national championships. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, more important to me. Well, I, I, I'm not arguing importance when we're debating which factors make the rivalry, you know, better than the other. I mean, there's probably three or four base factors that we can look mm-hmm. at. But my, my argument with the in-state thing is that with boundaries and borders – you got somewhere to go. Like like you you if it's going good and you can hate each other and hating each other and there's respect in my opinion in both of these robberies. When's the last time you saw a brawl in the Michigan Ohio State game or a brawl in the Auburn Alabama game? Yeah. When's the last time? I mean Michigan Ohio State am I am I forgetting one that They always chirp at the beginning well, of the yeah, game. Well, I'm talking about like the hey, you know, South Carolina Clemson, like guys are throwing helmets and stomping each other out. There's not because you know in the Iron Bowl just like in Michigan and Ohio State, a lot of these guys grew up playing against each other. Now to me it's a little more regional in Auburn Alabama because it is the same state, therefore the localities are going to be closer. But it's different when you're mad at somebody, you can respect somebody and still be competitive and mad with them, but you can't leave them. There is no all right. I'm going to my side of the street. You go to your side of the street. We'll talk trash to all our friends about each other, this, that, and the other. You can't escape it. Yeah, yeah, and I get it. I get it. That means a lot, but it means less to me than the number 3,650. Because you know what that is, Jay? 3,650. 
That's how many days it's been since Michigan beat Ohio. Oh, that's yeah, more no, important. No, 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 yeah. no, that that's got to that change. My, my that's argument, what has to change. My argument isn't is that more important. My argument is when you're comparing the vitriol between Auburn and Alabama and Michigan Ohio State. My argument isn't the importance of winning because without winning, it's not a rivalry. Yeah, that's it's, a, a, it's, it's a tradition. A traditional ass beating is what it is. Yeah. Like it's not a rivalry. For it to be a rivalry, other. The other team has to win some of the time. And, uh, you know, I think you you me, so eloquently put it about as good as you can put it. Let me tell you the saddest part. Kirk Herbstreet and I have talked about this several times, and I've heard this from other Ohio fans too, which is basically we want Michigan to win one occasionally so that this remains the greatest rivalry in mm-hmm. sports. Whenever fans of your rival are saying – we want y'all to get one. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. That is Well, it's like pitiful. the parents. There's a difference between them pitiful. being mad at you and then disappointed yeah. It sounds you. like Ohio State yeah. just wants to feel something again. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, we were talk- I was talking about with a kid who's from Ohio, and he's like, look, it's even worse for me because I'm from Ohio. Yeah, you no, know? I understand. No, I- <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> State just wants to feel something. Well, the thing about it is like, if it's the best, if you want to compare it to the best, right, I feel like the relevancy funny. of, like, wins of – Lately, it has to matter, funny. right? In the same span that, that was funny. same span that Ohio State went 15 uh, and 16, I think the same 16-year span, I think Auburn, some magical way, went eight and eight in Alabama <laughs> in the Iron Bowl. So I don't know if it's eight and eight, eight but Ohio still, State fans just want to feel something. Well, they're not they're not 16-year window. Yeah, it's 15 to 16, both Alabama and Auburn eight and eight. And I don't know why that hit me. We're having two totally different conversations over here. That just uh, that was hilarious to me. Uh, but no, look, and, and again, I, I agree with them though. I mean, and, and we always talk about being college football purists, right? That's what we are. I want the Miami-Florida State rivalry to be great. For sure. I want the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry to be great. I want USC-UCLA to be great. Red Hell, River shootout. I want SCLSU versus, you know, Lafayette or whoever to be great. I want all the rivalries to be as good as they possibly can because it makes the game better. So when you're comparing these things, Cone, I mean uh, – I agree with everything that you said. And you know, mm-hmm. if I didn't agree with you, I'd tell you. Yeah, uh, look, but, I, mean, but I agree with everything you said. Look, we, we sit here on the precipice of a rivalry weekend, yep. right? Where everything Michigan wants is right there for the taking. And it is much better to be having this conversation sitting at 10 and 1 oh, with for, your yeah. rival coming Hell to yeah, your sure. place with an opportunity to make history. Which would be for Jim Harbaugh to make the conference championship, make the possibly win it, and then could make the playoff. Mm-hmm. We sit on the precipice of Two that, birds, one and stone. that's a lot better than conversations we've been having before. But like you said, last year can't be forgotten, and I don't know what the reality of the situation is or was, but the the perception is that they ducked Ohio. They that's, didn't want to go just, down there saying. and get beat. Y'all went okay? duck. So what duck, I'm saying and never is, said goose. like you all know, because. Auburn is kind of down right now, mm-hmm. giving up the last couple games. All can be forgiven this oh, week, yeah. right? There's a lot out there for the taking. It's the golden gun. There's of, a lot out the there Auburn for the Alabama taking, coach. but I'm sequeled out. Yeah. Look, eventually, I just stopped believing you. It's like it's like the shows on Netflix. After, like, season yeah. three, you start reaching. You can only watch Iron Man so many times. That's exactly right. You know, you can, you can only package it and change Spider-Man for me 19 times. But anyways, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn those notifications on. Uh, no live shows for the rest of this week. We're coming back Monday live, 3 to 4 Eastern. That's 2 to 3 Central. Remember, you can find all the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We appreciate you guys. Hope you, hopefully, you're enjoying your turkey, ham, however you get down. Cranberry sauce overrated unbelievably overrated erroneous on all counts make sure you guys uh like i said hit subscribe we'll check y'all later we're going going gone the volume
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.